Welcome to a special edition of Breaking Badness. In this bonus episode, we are welcoming back Alan Liska, ransomware sommelier from Recorded Future. You may have heard Alan on our recent RSA miniseries or his earlier Voices from InfoSec episode, but today we will be talking about a passion project he's been working on, a cybersecurity comic book. This bonus episode of Breaking Badness is next. Welcome to our special episode of Breaking Badness, recorded on August 4th, 2023. With us is none other than Alan Liska, and I am your host for the day, Callie Fensel. Welcome, Alan. We're super excited to have you back on the podcast. I'm super excited to be here. I uh, I, I always love talking to you and to the whole team at uh, Domain Tools. But me specifically. But yes, mostly you. <laughs> um, you know, don't tell, you know, obviously don't tell uh, Tim and, and, and Kelsey that you're my favorite, but. Yes. That's cool. All right. Awesome. Well, um, we were talking a little bit before uh, we hit the record button. Uh, just because it's your third episode doesn't mean you're hogging the podcast. There's plenty to go around. <laughs> That's fine, but you understand yeah. that, like on Saturday Night Live, when you get when you guest host five times, they give you a jacket. I'm starting to yes. approach jacket territory here. Did did we give you a hoodie? Uh, you gave my wife a hoodie because you didn't make them okay. in my size, and she loves okay. it. It's a, like okay. a fantastic hoodie. Ex, I don't know. That's a great hoodie. It's so soft. It's like getting a hug. But yeah, jacket territory. I think yeah, that's that's something I should discuss with our office manager. I think we could do a jacket, <laughs> uh, and then we'll we'll have you back. And I don't know if you knew this, but Justin Timberlake has been on this podcast five times. Uh, Steve Martin, I assume. Steve Martin, yeah, yeah, Tina Fey. Yeah, obviously the one you haven't gotten yet is Tom Hanks, but I know you're working toward that. We, it's, it is an active goal and I think it's attainable. It is, it is. Yeah. Yeah, the next time I'm in Australia, I'll stop by his place there and see if I can get him to uh, come on the podcast. Do you go to Australia often? More often than you'd think, yes. I, I saw your pictures on Twitter, and I'm like, how often does he go there? So <laughs> I've gone five times now, and um, I've got a sixth one coming up for uh, B-Sides Melbourne in the beginning of September. That's awesome. Oh, my gosh. I'm so jealous. My husband's probably jealous, too. When he hears about this, he'll be jealous. <laughs> so just... Keep in mind that it's a lot of landing, sleeping for a day, going to meetings, a day of kind of my to myself, and then going home or going to the okay. next city. So, you know, it's it's a lovely country. I, I, I haven't gotten the time to really, like, explore it in depth, you know. But the nice thing is with so many trips – I've been able to go, um, you know, and explore a little bit each time. Yeah, that's really cool. I hope I hope you make the time to explore more and, and report back to us. Well, because that's cool. So this next time, um, I, uh, I finally am going to be able to bring my wife Chris with me. Um, yeah, you know, she's been wanting to come, but it hasn't lined up with her availability. So she is going to have an amazing time in Australia while I'm in all those meetings and everybody can live vicariously <laughs> through her fun, including me. Okay. 
Okay. Yeah, that's. <laughs> I'm looking forward to seeing her pictures. <laughs> well, maybe um, let's talk about uh, let's get to brass tacks and uh, talk about uh, this comic book. So you you mentioned it uh, when we spoke at RSA. Um, I, we're coming closer and closer to the finished project. So I guess maybe um, my first question would be: So have you always been a comic book fan, and are, are you a collector? Um, let, let's start there. So I am, um, I've been a fan since I was at least five. Um, my mom took my cousin and I to see the incredible Hulk at a mall, um, back when malls were a thing. And I used to go to the mall. (laughs) I miss the mall. (laughs) The malls were great. Um, and they still are like in other parts of the world, just in the U S we kind of did malls wrong. And a lot of them have kind of disappeared. Um, but so I got my first Hulk comic then, and I've loved them ever since. I, I know we're on a podcast and it's not a visual medium, but like right now I'm wearing a green arrow t-shirt. Um, so, um, comic books are definitely have always been an important part of my life. Okay. Yeah. That's awesome. Is is Green Arrow your favorite? He is. I like Green Arrow because in the original telling, Green Arrow was just a dude who got really good at something and decided to use his talents to, to help people. Um, and before they kind of turned him into mini Batman, he wasn't even a rich guy. Like, you know, Batman, you know, like they made the joke in the, in in the movie, you know, one of Batman's superpowers has always been having like vast amounts of wealth. Green Arrow wasn't even rich. He was just a guy who was really good with a bow and arrow and decided that he was going to use that to help people. And and I've always kind of admired that because it's easy if you're Superman to be a superhero, I mean, it's also easy if you're Superman to turn evil, but um, right. like who's going to hurt you. But like, if you're just a dude with a bow and arrow, um, you know, and you're still willing to put your life on the line to save people. I think that says more about your, your kind of hero status. That's awesome. It kind of reminds like just the fact that he has a bow and arrow, like that reminds me of Abraham Lincoln vampire. Hunter. Is it Hunter or Killer? I can't remember. I thought it was um, uh, Abraham Lincoln Vampire Slayer. Slayer, but he's got, he just has an axe. Right, right. And that's so metal. I love it. Like, and um, yeah, like that's, I, I never, like, that's a graphic novel too, right? Yes. I, I only saw the movie. Yeah. But I loved the movie. The movie is fantastic. Yeah. I mean, for, for what it is, like, it's not high art. But for what it is, it's a really good movie. Yes. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Um, oh, so you Can we met- start our own separate movie podcast? Because I just want to talk, talk about, about like fun, obscure movies for like an hour with you uh, once a month. I would love to do that, honestly, because I like so you listen, you're you're a uh you listen to the podcast pretty often. I so listen you, to you it every probably, week. So you know how many like random movies I mentioned yes. when I'm on, like when I'm on. So it's just like, Oh gosh. I, I think, I think like a, a movie watch along, like, Hey, we're going to watch this movie. Um, and then you and I talk about it, but everybody can kind of watch with us and, and kind of get a feel. And we can expose people to just these, 
you know, like unusual movies. And I know we're really way far afield from the original topic, but I think it would be fascinating because you have such a cool and eclectic uh, 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 movie interest. I think it would be great. I think so too. That sounds really fun, honestly. And and this is also like the other reason I'm like, keep coming back, Alan, because you're very complimentary. <laughs> <laughs> so just, you know, like for my ego. It's great. But yeah, I yeah, I love talking about cool, eclectic movies. Do you feel like and again, we are so far off topic, but we'll get back there. But um do you feel like when you make movie recommendations, people don't take them like you're you're so excited about sharing it and people are like oh yeah that's cool i'm like you're not gonna watch are you yeah well so like (laughs) well and i can even see it so last night i watched um uh uh the movie dick tracy meets gruesome um and i watched it because gruesome is played by uh uh boris karloff who just elevates any movie he's in and Heck yeah. I, I kind of posted that to Twitter. And like normally when I post something to Twitter, I get a few likes here and there. Just crickets because nobody wants to watch a 1940s Dick Tracy movie with uh, with Boris Karloff. But to me, it's fascinating. And I really enjoy, um, you know, uh, 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 watching those kind of weird movies that you've probably never heard of. You know who would watch that for sure? So I would watch it. But... I know, uh, like, the whole Fensel clan would be interested in that. My brother was a huge Dick Tracy fan, like, as a kid. Like, he had a hat. He had, like, a little Dick Tracy fanny pack. Nice. Uh, Yeah, like, he had all this stuff. So I don't know if he's aware of that movie, but I'll I'll tell him about it after this. Cool. Yeah. Okay, we can can start to meander back (laughs) to uh, what we were going to talk about. So, um... So for people listening who might not know, so you're working on this comic book that's, uh, it's, the character is Johnny Dollar, and that is a serialized radio drama that ran from 1949 through 1962, and that character is in the public domain. So you're using that character to, and he's a, he is now a cybersecurity insurance investigator. So, but previously, I guess he was a, a private investigator. So first, is this based... Is Johnny Dollar based on Dick Tracy at all is my first question. And then I guess the second question is, you know, what what made you want to expand on that character? So I don't think Johnny Dollar is based on um, on on Dick Tracy. Um, He's kind of a unique character in that when you look at a lot of the radio serials from that time, most of the heroes were either private detectives or police officers or, you know, police detectives or, 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 or so on. And in fact, Johnny Dollar got his start as a private investigator before kind of switching up and making him a, a, an insurance investigator. So he's not law enforcement and he's not necessarily licensed as a private investigator He's a guy that works for insurance companies and goes around and kind of solves crimes and and things. That's really cool. And so I imagine you being a ransomware researcher, um, you you probably talk to cybersecurity insurance investigators often. um, But so did you have to, you know, talk 
to them more to to bring this character to life or like what sort of additional research did you have to do so yeah the thing that appeals to me about johnny dollar and for anybody who's ever listened to the old radio serials and because it's public domain they're available all over youtube and there are podcasts that have them and so on so i highly recommend you know some of the this you know this the later episodes are serials but some of the earlier um, episodes are like 30-minute self-contained episodes, so you can listen to them and kind of get a feel for it. But what I really liked about Johnny Dollar um, and what I've always liked about him is the narrative trick that they use to, um, to, to, to tell the story is his expense account. Um, and... You know, and, and growing up, I had no idea what an expense account was um, when I first started listening to him. So I started listening to him in high school because our local radio station would play old radio serials Sunday nights. And Sunday nights, I was always spending catching up on my homework. Um, <laughs> um, so I would listen to first Casey Kasem do American Top 40. And then I would listen to these old radio serials. Um, but I just was really... I like the idea of the expense account as sort of the narrative um, uh, 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 thing that moved the story along. And as I got older and continued to listen, I realized the other fun thing about Johnny Dollar that made him really relate to me is the way he pads his expense accounts. Um, now, obviously, I would never do that. Um, no, never. Never. But, you know, I mean, we work in a world like where we travel a lot. And so we do a lot with our expense accounts. Right. We have, um, um, you, you know, we, we either have to purchase equipment or you know, we're going to a show or we're going to give a talk or we're going to talk to a client or, or whatever. And so the, the, the expense account thing, as I got older, actually resonated more with me. And that was the part that really interested me in the uh in, in 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 what he was doing cool interesting so um and we, we've talked a little bit about um that this is you know it's based on this older uh serialized radio drama so like that had a film noir feel and this will have a film noir feel too but because we're talking about cybersecurity, i'm assuming the time frame is present day right so, and, okay. and this was the balancing act I was trying to do with the artists, um, is I want Johnny Dollar to have the feel of a 40s and 50s film noir anti-hero, or, or not, not hero, really, because, I mean, they're generally not really heroes, um, but they often do the right thing because it aligns with, you know, kind of what they need to do. So in Johnny Dollar's case, he does the right thing because that's how he makes his money from the insurance companies. <laughs> um, so I wanted it to have that feel. But obviously said in the modern day, and I yeah. didn't want him to be kind of a joke, if, right. if that makes sense. Right. Like you could easily take a guy in the 50s or from the 40s and 50s, drop him into modern day and make him look out of place and make him look like he doesn't know what he's doing and so on. And I didn't want that. I wanted him to be as confident as he was in the radio serial, but still maintain that feel, which was a challenge for the artist. And um, they, they mm -hmm. did an amazing job. That's really cool. Like, like when, 
Can you talk a little bit more about like how it was a challenge for the artists? Like, like, did they have to come back to you and like share concerns or yeah, I guess like how did they, how did they overcome those challenges? Right. Maybe it's more, it's more of a question for them, I suppose, but they're not here. So, <laughs> so and, and that, and that really is where the collaborative came, you know, the collaborative aspect came from. So like starting from the design document, I'm like, uh, you know, so I, I've got a design document for Johnny Dollar and, you know, things like, Hey, you know, he's going to wear a trench coat and he's going to wear a fedora, um, but he's also going to use an iPad. Um, you know, he's going to know how computers work. He's going to understand the technical language. And then, you know, uh, uh, but not just the technical language. He also speaks several languages. And, you know, um, and, and, and so giving him, giving him that, that kind of depth of character made it easier. And then the noir part comes in the mood, right? You're, you're setting a sort of a dark mood um, uh, in the comic and, and how you draw, you know, you know the, there, there's a lot of darkness in there and, 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 um, and, and shadows and the way you play with those shadows has a lot to do with it. So like, you know, the, um, alter- the alternate cover um, that uh, Rachel Disler did, uh, um, it is really kind of a fascinating study in that because she drew Johnny Dollar in black and white with some really cool, uh, really cool shadows in there. But then the mm-hmm. rest of the characters are in color. And so it, it kind of shows that contrast. Oh, that's so cool. I think I've seen that on the Kickstarter website too. Yeah. 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 I posted it yeah. on the Kickstarter and, um, you know, uh, everybody will get a copy of that, whether digital or, you know, print. Cool. Yeah. I'm, I participated in the Kickstarter, so I'll be receiving that. You did. And I really appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, no problem. I'm, I'm excited to, to read it. Um, would you say that you know, that this comic book is is primarily for the cybersecurity industry, or or is it more your goal that that it's a story for anybody, regardless of you know their cybersecurity chops? So I wanted to make a detective story that just happened to involve ransomware. Um, cool. And that is, you know, in this case, there's a whodunit aspect to the first issue. There's a whodunit aspect of there's a ransomware attack and there's somebody in the organization that is helping the ransomware actors, feeding them information so they can be more successful in their negotiations. And Johnny's job is to figure out who the insider threat is. Um, and, and, and so, yes, it, it's ransomware. There's some technical conversations, um, but really anybody should be able to follow it. And, and the goal, and in fact, you know, I, have a, a, a specifically a an editor that's not in the cybersecurity industry who kind of went through and what he was most excited about was you know throughout the whole thing he was trying to guess who the insider threat was um, and oh. and that was kind of the uh, and, and and that's kind of what I wanted and and so I do think that I, I do think that there's something in there for everybody. But but obviously, if you're in the cybersecurity community, you're going to get a lot more. And there are some fun name drops in the first episode, uh, uh, in the first issue of people who um, are well known in the cybersecurity industry. Mm-hmm. 
Very cool. So is, is this the first, uh, you know, piece of fiction that you've, that you've written? I think on the Kickstarter, you said this is the first time you've done a comic book, but have you written, you know, other fictional pieces that would be similar to this, like for, you know, like a Substack or something like that? So I wrote a book, um, that is currently going through a very long and drawn out editing process called Cyber Flood. Um, and, uh, um, you know, that is a very painful process because, uh, you know, I wrote the book and then I'm like, great, I have a book. This is exciting. And then it's like, okay, well, first it's going to have to go through a, an edit and then it's going to have to go through a copy edit and blah, blah, blah. And then I can submit it to a publisher and hope that one of the publishers picks it up and, you know, it'll be like 2050 before the book actually gets published. But, you know, it, it was still really fun to write the book. Yeah. Do you, do you think it'll really take that long? It won't take quite that long. Um, so <laughs> there, there's, we live in a world now where, of course, like with the comic book, I could choose to self-publish it um, yeah. and not go through a traditional publisher. And, and that may be the route that I go just because I don't feel like waiting. But yeah, I mean, for a lot of books from unknown authors, um, a you know, it, it can take a year, a year and a half before a book actually gets published, um, I, going through wow. a traditional publisher. I didn't know that. Is, is this going through a traditional publisher, this comic book? No, no. So the way okay. that we're working, because we did the Kickstarter, um, we're working with a company out of Baltimore called Red Stylo Media. Um, okay. and they are going to handle the, they're going to handle the publishing, but we, we pay for everything. Um, uh, well, the backers pay for everything, um, and, but they will handle getting it like formatted and then getting it through. So it's kind of a hybrid model of they'll handle the publishing, but um, but, you know, we're, we're basically paying for it. Gotcha. OK, very cool. Um Let's talk a little bit about um, the first issue. So the first issue surrounds Johnny Dollar heading to Johnstown. It, am I saying Johnstown, right? Yep, Johnstown, Pennsylvania. John, okay. I was like, is it Johnston? I, I don't know. <laughs> uh, to deal with um, a ransomware attack against a steel mill. And I'm imagining this has some basis in truth. And I was hoping you could share... Uh, your process and how you landed on this particular storyline for the first issue. So the, um, yes. So every story that we, so I have a four issue arc in mind and every story is based on reality. Now the settings, you know, to, to use the old dragnet disclaimer, the settings and people, um, you know, have, have been changed to protect the innocent. Um, but, but as you know, manufacturing sector has been hit really hard by ransomware um, uh, uh, um, over the last couple of years. And so, you know, kind of steel mill is sort of a perfect example of the kind of victim that a ransomware actor would go after. And so I, um, I, I thought that that would be really good. And as far as the insider threat, um, again, we're, we've seen not many, but a handful of examples of ransomware actors reaching out to people in the network to, to and offer them money to um, to help the ransomware actor better negotiate. 
um, or even to get that initial access. They, they don't succeed very often, but that insider threat of employees working with ransomware actors um, is a real concern. Absolutely. Um, I was also wondering, uh, will we see fun names in there like Black Basta? <laughs> like, like, like not like not actually Black Basta, but like, you know, like they have like interesting names or like lapses where like the S is a dollar sign. Right. So will, will we see that? Not in the first issue. Um, no? So the first issue ends with. Um, and I don't think this is much of a spoiler, but but the, the the first issue ends with the ransomware actor who was behind this attack calling Johnny and saying, "I am sick of you interfering with um, with my work. Um, so now I'm coming after you directly." Um, and, and starting that arc of of him as the overarching bad guy. So we'll find out more in in the next three issues about the ransomware actor himself. And yes, there will be cool ransomware names in there, and and, <laughs> and so on. So um, so yeah. So that is kind of kind of the plan. And again, that that ties in with so many ransomware actors that do reach out to ransomware researchers directly. Um, and, uh, and, and try to, uh, some, sometimes try and intimidate, but mostly just try and honestly befriend for lack of a better term. That is so interesting. And that actually was also my next question was if the subsequent three issues build on this story and it sounds like, yeah, they do, but wait, ha, ha, I talked a little bit about this with a couple other people on the RSA mini series, but what's what's your experience been like with ransomware groups? Like, have like what's the weirdest interaction that you've had where they try to befriend you? So no, none of them try and befriend me because I am openly hostile. Um, oh. <laughs> you know, but. It is funny that one another researcher had told me at one point that a ransomware actor had a staph infection and um, thought it might have been from me that I somehow gave it to them. Um, what? I know. And I told him to tell the ransomware actor that, yes, I did. And maybe he should retire. <laughs> Um, because again, I'm not a pleasant person when it comes to ransomware actors. I just, I've dealt with too much misery and pain that they inflict on people. I can't pretend to be nice to them. Oh my gosh. I think I could do it. Well, I think I could pretend to be nice. It's, I mean, it's really hard. It's like, you know, it's like when, when the journalists and researchers that do interviews with these ransomware actors and they have to be professional and respectful of them, um, I admire that, you know, like, because you, you, we need the intel that are gathered from these interviews. And so I think it's a really important thing to be able to do. I just can't do it. Um, and, you know, you, you have to know what your limitations are and I can't be pleasant to them. So I'm glad that people like you can be good, you know, and pleasant to them and other researchers are able to be pleasant to them to get the kind of intel that we need. Yeah, absolutely. Um, do you think there's a story out there of a, a ransomware researcher like marrying a bad actor? Can that, is that possible? Oh, didn't I tell? I guess I never told you this, huh? 
Um, so I'm part of a cyber council that we meet uh, quarterly and discuss, um, you know, and, and it's got a bunch of different people in there and it's sponsored by a company. I, I won't mention the company's name. Um, okay. But, um, but at dinner one time, um, after one of the meetings, we were having a discussion with one of the ransomware negotiators. Um, and uh, the ransomware negotiator was saying that, you know, uh, uh, not her, but one of her colleagues um, had accidentally slept, let it slip that she was a woman. And the ransomware actor's whole attitude changed once he found out that she was a woman. Um, and that led to a whole guess, like a whole meet cute thing between <gasps> a ransomware negotiator and a ransomware actor. Um, I would, ooh, I would watch that movie. I know. We were like, hey, we were in New York for this particular thing, and I was like, Netflix is right down the street. I think we can get this pitch to them because we had a whole full movie developed by the end of the uh, by the end yes. of the dinner. <laughs> New Line Cinema presents. Right, exactly. <laughs> and then we'll talk about that movie on our subsequent podcast. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, I can't. I wish Kelsey was here right now. She would be able to think of a name, like a pun name right on the spot. And I'm just not as quick as her in that regard, which, you know, I like I'm like constantly I'm like beating myself up. about that. <laughs> it is hard to be as fast as Kelsey is, though. I mean, that is like her superpower is she can come she, up with those puns instantly because that, that was quick. the problem is what do you entitle something like that? You know, um, you know, you ransomed my heart or, or, you know, something. And we just couldn't come up with anything super catchy like that. Ran ransom for love. Right. Yes. Ooh, that's good. But she could do better. Right. It's, right. And, exactly. and this is one of the, it's one of those things where like, if she said something, it would get my wheels spinning <laughs> and like, and like, and then I would be able to like shoot some stuff out, but it's just like, I need somebody, I need that foundation to like get there. Or, or I just need time. Like, I just like, if I can think about it for a bit, maybe I'll send you a message later with what I've come up with okay. uh, for this, for this movie that's absolutely being made. <laughs> um, uh, and I have a fun question for you. Yes. If you, if you were a ransomware gang, what would your fun name be? <laughs> I mean, it would have to be something obviously with black in it. Um, but I think I'd go simpler. Yeah. I would name it. I would name my ransomware the. The. Or the. No, it would be the. I mean, I mean okay. yes, as long as you spell it T-H-E. The. Right. Because. An article. Right. Because nobody would be able to effectively search for it and search for information on it. Yes. Like you can't type the ransomware into Google and get like a ransomware named the. So I would call my ransomware the just to screw with all of the security researchers out there who wouldn't be able to effectively collect data and publish it in their platform because nobody would be able to search for it. Do you feel like we're giving them fodder right now? They're not smart enough to listen to your podcast. So I think oh, you're okay. 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 Okay, I, I feel like you've 
So like I put that question out there for fun and I feel like you've thought about that. Yes. For a little bit. <laughs> and I was like, I was thinking about it because I was like, well, what would mine be? And I was like, mine's not nearly as clever as yours. Mine is just like, how can I reuse my aim screen name? Because it would probably be something as ridiculous as that. Because right. I'm like, some some of these names, I'm just like, what? Like, what is it Cozy Bear? Yes. Yeah. Like, so that's silly. And I was just like, well, my AIM screen name, like when I'm 15 years old, was like Rocker Pixie. Rocker Pixie. Nice. Yeah. So I'm just like, that's probably what what my ransomware gang would be. Or or Black Pixie. Could you imagine the graphic that would go with that? I mean, Black Pixie would be pretty cool as far as if if you're like... If you're making graphics, yes, that would be that would um, be that would be pretty nice. I think you could come up with uh, just a, a a gorgeous logo. We could throw that up to um, throw that up to Fiverr and get something um, done really nicely for you. Yes. Ooh. Ooh. Okay. Okay. These are these are fun ideas. <laughs> that I need to act on all of them. Like, do you think your artist could draw something really nice? Of course. Absolutely. Probably. Probably. I don't know if it's within my budget. So maybe Fiverr is the way to go. <laughs> <laughs> so here's a Kickstarter for my ridiculousness. <laughs> and and I need you all to fund it. Um, do you think that we're, we're probably Christmas card close at this point? I would assume. Right. What do you mean? Like if I sent, like I could send you a Christmas. Oh card. yeah, of course you could. And I just and I say that because, like, speaking of ridiculousness, like my Christmas cards are ridiculous. Oh, like I want, I yes. want your Christmas card then. Yeah. Last year, my husband and I um, went to a photographer. Like we got in our car, we drove to the photographer, and paid money to like put our heads like in our bodies like in the same positions that the actors from the holiday were in and then we we essentially made the holiday like that movie the holiday like that was our christmas card but with us in wait it. are you and are then, you talking about the um ll cool j queen latifah no that's the last the last holiday, holiday. okay which which one's the, the holiday the holiday directed by um Nancy Myers with um, Kate Winslet, Cameron Diaz. Okay, okay. Oh, where they swap? Yeah for, yeah, for some reason Jack Black's in it, but it works. Right, right. Yeah. Yes. So like that was our Christmas card, and then like the back of the Christmas card was like the back of a DVD case where we rewrote the the yeah. Basically, what I'm saying is I'm just. I've got a lot of ridiculousness flowing over here. So. That is a brilliant, <laughs> brilliant Christmas card. Yes, we we are. Uh, I will send you my address as soon as we get off, and I will yes. um, um, absolutely look forward to that. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what this year's shenanery is, but there will be some, I, and there is every. <laughs> anywho, anywho. I, I think you and your husband should um, do some Johnny Dollar cosplay. Yeah, I mean, it's just fedoras and trench coats, so. You know what's really funny is I was kind of an odd child. Okay. Um, and I had a fedora. Nice. And I had it and I had a trench coat because <laughs> like because I wasn't I wasn't necessarily 
listening to radio serials, um, like I, I don't know if my parents would have had the the wherewithal to maybe find them, but like I was interested in like detective work and I'm like, yeah, I need a fedora. I'm 10 years old. Obviously I need a fedora. Um, and I also had a trench coat and uh, yeah, it was just, it was just kind of, just kind of odd, but you know, I'm a, well acclimated adult i think <laughs> no i mean i think i think the fedora and the trench coat work i um when i was in college i worked as a waiter at tgi fridays and one halloween i went dressed as columbo because all i needed was a trench coat mm. and a cigar um perfect which was great until um had a couple that sat down and the uh, a woman got up to go to the bathroom. When she came out of the bathroom, I asked if I um, could get her a drink. And she's like, no, no, I'm here with my husband. I'm like, oh, no, I'm your waiter. Sorry. <laughs> gotcha. Oh, my God. Yeah. So I, I could absolutely cosplay Johnny Dollar. Do you think you'll do that for Halloween? No, I'm not. I don't do much on Halloween because I've, I've traveled like the last two and a half years and then or two years and then like the five years before that there always seems to be some cybersecurity thing happening around halloween um, interesting so but it would be pretty amazing once we get through all four books if i'm ever at a comic book convention and you know selling my books and there are people who cosplay as johnny dollar that would be awesome and i think like you know, completely attainable. <laughs> um, so I guess, you know, back to, you know, talking about the comic book, I was, I was really interested. And, and then we can talk about gold guidance and grievance if you'd like, sure. uh, where you do all grievances, <laughs> but um, the, just kind of back to the, the illustrators that you worked with, I was interested, did you have previous relationships with them or was there a process to find somebody that could you know create your vision um so i didn't have previous relationships with them simply because i don't um you know i I mean it's just not something that i'm normally involved in at least not until now um but what was hard was finding people that could translate the vision of um, of a noir comic um, for me. So, you know, I had my story written, but how do I take my story and, you know, um, have them translated into uh, something visual? And so finding the artist that could do that was definitely uh was definitely a challenge and a bit of a learning curve gotcha and so i'm guessing that they they do not have previous experience within the cybersecurity industry right right exactly gotcha. um, they were um so one of my favorite comics um is our lady maven um which was written by two people who um, who do work in the cybersecurity industry. And that's pretty amazing. But they didn't write about cybersecurity. Instead, they wrote about um, a, a woman spy working for the resistance in World War II. Um, 
Cool. Comic books, brilliant. Um, you can follow them, Our Lady Maven, on uh, on Twitter. Um, but they really were kind of part of the inspiration that, oh, hey, you can work in cybersecurity and also put together a comic book. Um, uh, and, and, and so so there are people in this industry that could absolutely do it. But I really wanted to try and work with people who had more comic book experience because I didn't have any other than reading it. And so I needed people that knew the industry more than they knew cybersecurity. That makes sense. And, and you know, again, I know we're we're not on a visual platform here, but I can share a link to uh, your Kickstarter so people can see what what uh, the illustrators have come up with. It's beautiful. Um, they did a great job. Um, you could, um, uh, you can also share if you want. Um, so we've set up a website, um, as well, um, that also has some of the artwork on it. And I included that in the chat. So if you want to, um, if, if you want to add that as well, feel free. Um, either way works, whether it's Kickstarter there, because the Kickstarter also has the link to the website. Cool. Yeah, absolutely. So thank you so much for talking about Johnny Dollar. Um, before before we head into grievance, 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 perhaps, um, <laughs> where what what is the the timeline for, uh, for Johnny Dollar? Like, so if somebody's listening to this and and they'd like to to read it, what when would that be available for for the general public? So. Um... Right now, we have um, the artwork finished, and we're going through the lettering process. Um, okay. And then that's and, – and so I think all of that, the artwork and lettering will be done by the end of August, um, which means by the end of August, I should have the the, – the, the, um, uh, uh, the, the, the virtual – issues finished or close to finished. Um, and then I don't know what the publishing process is like after that. Um, and, and that is, you know, and that's where sort of my learning comes in, but my goal was to have, my goal has always been to have the physical issues out by the end of October. Um, okay. so if we stick to the timeline at the end of August, we have the virtual issues finished then that gives us two months to get the publishing part figured out and, and published. Gotcha. Okay. We can always, uh, I was going to share this episode pretty soon, but we can always reshare it when it comes out. Yeah. Yeah. Or so, I mean, really you know, people yeah. can kind of, there's on the Johnny dollar website, there's a way to sign up to the mailing list to find out when it's, um, when it's coming out, um, I'm learning how to create a store um, uh, for when we finally get to that point that people can buy issues um, and, and and kind of all. I'm learning a lot about managing a web a modern website because I've never had to do that. Like I, you know, I have a Substack and and other things, but like actually creating a website from scratch or not from scratch, but using templates and other stuff is a lot more difficult than back in the GeoCities days. Oh my gosh. But, but you're putting other stuff in your arsenal. So that's cool. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, I'm excited. Uh, and we're going to keep, keep track of, you know, where, where that is in the, in the timeline. And hopefully, you know, by the end of October, that'll, that'll, you know, have come to fruition. So uh, we will keep an eye on it, but, um, 
let's uh, talk about some gold guidance and grievances before we adjourn. How about that? I think that that sounds good. Yeah. What? What? Uh, and uh, you you asked, can it be grievance? Three grievances. Is that what you'd like to do? You know what? I don't think I'm going to do any grievances today. No way. I, so here's the thing. There's so much grievance in information security. Like it's just it's true. It feels like it's like all grievance. Um, yeah. Yeah. So and and I mean and I'll admit I'm a big part of that too. I have a whole lot of grievances. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. That's okay. So I think. Um, I think one of the things that, and this is going to be a guidance. One of the things that I'm really fascinated by right now um, in information security is how poorly secured most Active Directory infrastructure is. We all know that both cyber criminals and nation state actors need to gain access to Active Directory. But for too many organizations, securing Active Directory is a huge challenge. So for my guidance, um, Microsoft has some really good resources for how to improve, how to audit and improve the security of your Active Directory. So I... I know you have thousands of listeners who probably are involved in organizations that at some way or at some point have an active directory server. Take a look at those, uh, the, the guidance from Microsoft for how to better um, secure your active directory and alert on active directory. I think that that's a really important thing that's often overlooked because frankly, Active Directory is really difficult to manage and to make changes in without disrupting your network. But I think it's something that needs to be done. Okay. Um, and then for my gold, I love how much information sharing has been going on. And this is several years now between competitors and different companies and whether it's on Twitter or Blue Sky or, or whatever, or Mastodon, whatever, whatever platform that you are talking about. Um, I think that this kind of information sharing between entities, um, di you know, different companies, different competing companies is so important because it helps us make it all better. And I know there are some people that don't, that don't really like that. Oh, well, you know, we really shouldn't be sharing things because, you know, we want to help our customers. You sharing Intel, you sharing indicators, you sharing things that, um, that, that help improve people's security, you know, doesn't help your competitors. It just makes everybody better because, you know, the, there's so much badness out there that, you know, just because you've shared things doesn't mean that it's going away. And, and I think we need to foster more of that sharing. Um, and and yeah. I think I, I love the fact that we're doing so much of it. I think we need to continue building on that. Absolutely. It's like uh, another callback to RSA, but the, the theme was stronger together. 
So yeah, it, yeah, exactly. And and that is, you know, and, and, and I firmly believe that, I mean, you know, most of the time it feels like we're losing. Um, so, <laughs> you know, having that, having the, the fact that we can share information and improve everybody's security goes a long way, I think, to, to, to yeah. reversing the tide and kind of helping us feel more like, okay, collectively we can actually win. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's, that's a great goal to have. Um, and, uh, I like, I, we should end on that for sure. Like we should not, I agree with you. Maybe no grievance today. It's, there's a lot of grievances out there. I agree. So let's, let's, let's end it on this good note. Um, is there anything else you'd like to share or where, or share where people can find you? Uh, you can always follow me on Twitter or blue sky at UU Allen, U-U-A-L-L-A-N. Um, and I think that's really it. Um, I don't think I have anything else to share at this point. I've probably overshared. Um, (laughs) it's a podcast. It's all about oversharing. Well, in that case, I am, (laughs) I I have podcasted successfully today. Yes, we did it. Cool. Uh, well, thank you so much for, for giving us some of your time today to talk about Johnny Dollar. It was a, this was a really fun, great conversation. And again, you're, you're not monopolizing the podcast and we, we hope you come back again real soon. And thank you. You, you've been introducing me to other folks in the industry. Um, I'm excited to reach out to them and hopefully they'll be on the podcast. So, so I really appreciate that. Yep, absolutely. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm on and available to you anytime you want. Cool. Thanks so much, Alan. I hope you have a great rest of the day and to our listeners. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, please stay tuned. There will be more breaking badness next week. So come back and, uh, and we'll talk some more. Have a good one. That's about all we have for this week. You can find us on Twitter at Domain Tools. All of the articles and IOCs mentioned today will be included in our blog post, which can be found at domaintools.com slash resources slash podcasts. Catch us every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific time when we publish our podcast and blog. We'll see you next week on another episode of Breaking Badness. Until then, remember, don't drink and click. <laughs>